the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's a Kraken? It was two weeks ago yesterday, I believe, when Sidney Powell said at a press conference in Gettysburg that she was going to release the Kraken. And I wouldn't have, I actually wouldn't have known what a Kraken is if the NHL's expansion team in Seattle hadn't chosen that name, uh, that that animal, that creature for its uh, nickname a couple of months ago. And it is a creature. It's a mythological giant octopus-like sea creature. But that's not all that it is, apparently. In a story at richardsonpost.com, I know nothing about the website, but a writer named Howell Woltz has a long story with this headline, Trump will win, here's why. Now, it's too complicated to get into the story. It's a long one, too complicated to get into it here, but it's mostly about how Donald Trump has been working to um, uncover the deep state for a long time and that Sidney Powell is really onto something. According to Woltz, uh, Kraken is, quote, a Department of Defense cyber warfare program that tracks and hacks other systems to acquire evidence of nefarious actions of other nations and enemies. Do you get that? So that Kraken, if this is, this is true, Sydney wasn't talking about the animal. And that, that comes from the CIA Informations Operations Center, by the way, that, uh, that quote about what, what the Kraken is. It's a long and complicated story dealing with the deep state, and you can find it, by the way, on my Twitter feed, at Steiger World. I put it up uh, there. I tweeted it. So if you want to read it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, again, I, I don't know that much about, I don't know anything about the writer or the website, but uh, just what caught my eye was the stuff about the Kraken. Woltz has a, a theory that General Michael Flynn has been recruited by President Trump to dive deep into the deep state. He's a former intelligence guy. And uh, he knows where all the uh, bodies are buried, I guess. And he has information about a CIA base. Uh, Woltz does, not Flynn. But Woltz uh, talks about the CIA base in Frankfurt, Germany, which was used to hack elections in other countries. Now, again, I know nothing about how how Woltz and how much stock I should put in the story. But what caught my eye, the other use of the word Kraken. It's not a well-known term, and it was kind of strange for Sidney Powell to use it but if what Woltz writes about it being a CIA term is true, that would explain a lot. And it would explain uh, exactly what she meant by the Kraken, which would mean, if this is what, it, what the Kraken actually is, is that it's uh, the, a CIA uh, cyber tool to look into and to possibly hack elections. That's a, that's a pretty big deal, I think. And it would, say, it would explain a lot, and it might explain uh, what's uh, what's going on with the investigation into election fraud right now. Time's running out, of course, so um, something big has to happen here soon. Meanwhile, the Republicans are still out there trying to produce evidence of voter fraud. Uh, most of the media have ignored the hearings. Lots of powerful testimony is going to waste, and there's lots of evidence, by the way, uh, for all the people who keep saying there is no evidence. It's going to have to impress a, what they do come up with. It's going to have to impress uh, a few state legislatures, if it's going to mean anything. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Paul Kengor. He's author. Uh, he's an author. He's a columnist. He's Grove City College uh, political science professor. We're going to get his uh, uh, thoughts on the media's lack of interest in all this, especially the, the big uh, bombshell that was dropped in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago. He's also an expert on Ronald Reagan. I wanted to get his take on the new documentary that's out that trashes him. The, liter- the liberals are going to love that. Uh, also coming up in our second half hour, America lost a great voice for freedom, small government, and common sense today. Uh, that would be Walter Williams, my favorite columnist ever. He died. He's 84 years old, and I'm going to play some of his greatest hits. Stick around. Here are 
are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. In the know, I'm Andy Solomon. Surprise medical bills may result from emergency situations where the patient is unable to choose their medical transport company, hospital, or doctors. Here's Dr. Mitch Elkind, American Heart Association president, with more. The average surprise medical bill is over $600 and may amount to thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars. The American Heart Association is urging lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to address this issue now. We're leading a national campaign encouraging patients to share their stories about receiving surprise bills with the hashtag IWasBilled. Patients should never have to worry about surprise medical bills instead of focusing on their care. For months, Congress has had comprehensive bipartisan legislation in hand that would shield patients and consumers from surprise medical bills. However, lawmakers have yet to move this critical legislation forward. Congress should act now to end surprise medical bills. For more on how you can urge Congress to act, visit heart.org slash surprise bills. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Now, there have been a lot of startling bits of testimony coming out uh, of the hearings around the country investigating possible voter fraud. But the biggie still might be the one that came out during a hearing in Gettysburg a couple of weeks ago. That caught Paul Kengor's attention. Paul is an author, a columnist, and a professor of political science at Grove City College, and he joins us now. Paul, thanks for coming on. Yeah, John, I'm a longtime fan. Good to be on your show. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, what was the nugget that, uh, that caught your eye? Well, so it was it was Thanksgiving Eve of all things. Mm-hmm. So it was Wednesday. Right. It was last. It was the twenty fifth, and I was I, I was watching the hearings off and on via online. In fact, a friend of mine had said, "It said here you got to click this. You got to listen to this. Is unbelievable stuff." And 
And and it was later that evening I turned on uh, Greg Kelly on Newsmax TV just to see if I could get in, any reports anywhere on what, what transpired. I got nothing from Fox. I didn't even bother looking at CNN. And I heard Greg Kelly play this clip, this exchange of 570,000 votes for Joe Biden versus 3,200 for Donald Trump. That's, that's what they alleged. In this one batch of about 600,000 votes, what was called a spike anomaly. <laughs> yeah, right. They came in over, over about 90 minutes. And I, and, I, and I turned to my son, who was across the room from me, he's at home from college, and I said, did you hear that? And, and, and we froze the TV, and we, we, re, we re, rewound it and listened to it again. And, and then the next day, I, I did a bunch of Google searches to see if I could learn more. And, and no one even talked about it, John. Nobody. Nothing. There was absolutely nobody. So I, I finally found it referenced at Breitbart at Real Clear Politics, and that was it. I couldn't even find any, any Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania newspapers that covered it. And it's yeah, shocking. It was, it was stunning, and um, uh, it, it didn't – I don't think it, 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 it bode well for the um, – for the rest of it, because there's been a lot of stuff that's come out that's been pretty, um, pretty startling that has been also ignored. The whole, the whole thing is uh, um, being ignored by the media. Uh, you know, they're covering it only as much as they have to, but uh, right. these would seem to be pretty uh, sensational items and items that you would think, regardless of your political bent, that you would find it to be good TV. You know, it's, yeah, and they don't yeah. even, they're not even, even if it's 100% false, it's still good TV <laughs> that somebody is saying. Right. Yeah, well, that, well, that's right. And, and, and I really, so I, I wrote a piece on this for American Spectator, and uh, I, I just found out it's got 529,000 clicks. It's, been, it's now the most read piece of Real Clear Politics, which linked to it over the last seven days. And I know why. I'm apparently the only one who provided a transcript of it. So I, I listened to the exchange online, and because I couldn't find it anywhere, I sat there at about um, you know, maybe a two-minute exchange, and I spent about 45 minutes creating my own transcript, making sure I had every I dot, every T crossed, and right. making sure I had it exactly right. And, and, and my whole point in that piece is it's a plea saying to people, is this true? If it's false, tell why, when, who? If it's true, how did it happen? Who did this? Who's responsible for it? And I've gotten a few angry emails from liberals, friends of mine, colleagues, and 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 I said to them, "Well, just just tell me if it's false. I I I I don't know if it's true or not. That's that's the whole point. And no one will even do anything with it. And then last night, John, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but I saw the report from. The guy, the truck driver, who claims to have delivered a, a, a trailer, as he used oh, yeah. it, full of ballots, yeah, over the New York border into Pennsylvania. I haven't seen anything reported on that yet either. I saw that on Newsmax TV last night. I guess I'm going to have to look that one up, too, and, and, and do a transcript of that, maybe write it up, and I could get more people online calling me a liar and a fabricator and a, and a, and a, you know, a con, con, conspiratorial Trumpist and everything else. All I'm doing is trying to find out what really happened here and why in the world no one in the media is reporting any of it. Yeah, the fact that it's not being reported is as big a story as the fact that it was was uh, was uh, displayed, that it was said, that it was presented. You know what I mean? It's it's just stunning yeah. that, that that somebody wouldn't think that was a and I and I did see the uh, I, I watched the whole interview, the whole statement from the uh, the guys, and nine minutes long. I saw it on I watched it on YouTube. Um, the the uh, the postal worker. He's the uh, uh, United States Post Office, and he he drove a truck from Bethpage, New York, to Lancaster, PA, and then I think on to Harrisburg. And he said he had thousands of ballots because he he said he he didn't count them, but he knew how many pallets he had. And wow. um, and just wouldn't the simple question, as you said, wouldn't the simple question be? What, when you vote in New York, the, why would the ballots be taken to Pennsylvania? What is what is up with that? I mean, right, and yeah, and and the number of I mean, look, this is what we said from the beginning. Actually, it's what Donald Trump said from the beginning. 
that, that the whole mail-in ballots process is just rife with opportunities for fraud. And, I, I mean, we, we thought that initially there was something like one to two million mail-in ballots that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania sent out. In fact, I remember getting that from both Fox and CNN, uh, the Tuesday night of the vote. And I thought it was maybe 1.8 million, something like that. Well, now, according to the Pennsylvania Office of the Secretary of State, they say that they sent out 3.1 million ballots, mail-in ballots, 3.1, which is enormous. And, and, and of that, they received 2 point, no, I think it rounds up 2.6 million. So almost 90% of them were allegedly filled out and, 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 and sent in. I mean, that, that's a remarkable return rate. I mean, almost everyone I know who got a mail-in ballot chucked it and, and instead just, just went to the polls on Tuesday and, 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 and voted that way. So, and the big, the big problem, John, with these mail-in ballots is once they go in, they, they, they throw out the envelope, and then you can't even go back and do an audit of them to check to see where they came from because there's nothing attached to them. It, yeah, it, uh, it's just it, the, the opportunities for abuse and manipulation are just are just off the chart. I just had a guy tell me that earlier today that um, someone he knew went to vote in Cecil Township, which happens to be where I live, uh, yeah. in Cecil Township, and showed up uh, to vote and was told, you already voted. Uh, we sent you right. a ballot. And, and the person said, I didn't vote. What are you talking about? And he said, well, you know, you, you voted. So he had to do a provisional ballot. He was, he was told that he voted. He didn't vote. Yeah, so that's, I, that's I Washington County, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I was, I was um, contacted, and I wrote a piece on this for American Spectator a few weeks ago, by a person from Washington County who uh, worked at one of the polls. She went on the record. She gave me her name and everything. She was wonderful. And she said that of the three packages that she received um, from, I, I guess, the Washington County Board of Elections, and, and I'm not saying that this is the fault of the Washington County Board of Elections. It's probably the fault of whoever packaged them wherever they came from. They probably, yeah. came, I'm sure, they, maybe from the manufacturer. I don't know. But she said that, that, uh, that two, of the, uh, um, two of the packages were each missing about 20 ballots. And, and, and the third package was still sealed. She didn't even open it up. So she doesn't know if there were any missing ballots in that one. So, I mean, if you just would multiply that by the thousands upon thousands of places where you get ballots, again, the opportunity there to, to, to steal, to take those ballots and have somebody else fill them out are just um, uh, are, are legion. Yeah, lots of stories out there for the media, and they're ignoring them. And I, I have a feeling that, uh, I don't know about you, but do you think the media would have been a little bit more interested if it had been President Trump who got the 99.4% of the votes? Oh, yeah. It would, it would be a scandal. It would be on CNN all the time. And, uh, yeah, that data you're using there, 994 to 0.6%. Yeah, that, right. that would be the count of that batch of 570,000 votes to 3,200. And there is no way that that could have possibly happened. I mean, in Philadelphia, Trump got 18, 19% of the vote, which is, you know, sounds terrible, but that's actually pretty good for, yeah. for a Republican. I, I, in fact, if, if, if we had, if, if, if you and I or anyone else had been told a month ago, hey, Donald Trump's going to get almost 20% of the vote in Philadelphia. And he's going to get almost 40% in Allegheny County. And he's going to increase his numbers among black men and minorities and all these other groups. We, we'd say, oh, wow, Trump landslide in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no, not, uh, not at all. I, in fact, Trump got at least 400,000 more votes in Pennsylvania in 2020 than he did in 2016. And he's going to lose with that, uh, especially for someone like Biden, for whom there is no enthusiasm at all. In yeah. Pennsylvania, it's uh, the, these numbers. Uh, the, these numbers are are hard to add up. I, am I saying? And I, I don't want to say I'm I'm claiming here that there was fraud. Um, I, I I don't know, but but I just know these numbers are quite literally impossible, and they're very disturbing. And what's equally disturbing, like you said, John, is that is that is that the media the media silence on this, which would not be the case if the shoe were on the other. 
I have a feeling the media will become a lot more interested in it after there's, it, it won't do any good for Donald Trump. You know, uh, if it, it might become an interesting enough story to them uh, after the fact, but you know, after it, nothing can be overturned. Uh, right. We're, we're we're talking to Paul Kengor. He's the uh, he's an author. He's a columnist and a professor of political science at Grove City College. And you are Paul, the author of a book called God and Ronald Reagan. And another reason why I wanted to have you on today. I've been hearing a lot about a, uh, a documentary, I believe, produced by Showtime called The Reagans. I haven't mm. watched it and don't don't plan to. I don't have Showtime anymore, but but I hear it's a real hatchet job. What do you what have you heard about it? Anything? Yeah, in fact, I've I've been asked to review it, and I've been asked to follow up on it and do a critique of it by a whole bunch of different people, and and you know it's it's one of those things, John, where it, where it's it, it's yet another hatchet job. Um, I don't have Showtime, fortunately. This is even more reason to not get it, and not pay for it. Yeah. And and I I think my understanding is a lot of it is based on Kitty Kelly's salacious material against the Reagans from the 1980s, which um, you know you like me I mean we, you know we're we're from that era era and we remember yeah. we remember the Kitty Kelly stuff against Nancy Reagan, so mm-hmm. you you would think all this stuff would be dead and buried. But but yet I, with with uh, left wing filmmakers, <laughs> I, I guess it never goes away, no matter how much evidence you have out there to the contrary. So I'm not planning on watching this one. They um, they're, they're they're making a movie on on uh, on my book, uh, the Crusader, Ronald Reagan, the Fall of Communism. It's called uh, Reagan the Movie. You could you could Google that, and that stars Dennis Quaid. They've been filming that currently, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I could tell people that not just because I did it, the book, but that this is much more respectable and it's definitely reliable and, and grounded in, in reliable sources. Yeah, I read a review of it from, a, uh, I think, a Hollywood Reporter, which is a very liberal uh, publication, obviously. And um, one of the things I saw there was th- that the the author uh, pointed out that Ronald Reagan's uh family, his brother and his father, I guess they said, uh, benefited from the FDR's uh, New Deal. But when he got into office, of course, he tried to gut all the programs and, and hated, the, not hated, but, you know, was anti-big government and so therefore anti-New Deal. And it, the documentary didn't go far enough in showing the hypocrisy of uh, no, Reagan, have, whose family benefited from those big programs. Well, that shows how much that they don't know about Reagan. I, I, I mean, look, Reagan, Reagan was indeed, in fact, an FDR Democrat. He called himself mm-hmm. a hemophiliac liberal. He loved FDR. His father loved FDR. But, but Reagan began a sort of long political sojourn where he eventually said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. And he became convinced that a lot of those uh, welfare New Deal programs that FDR wanted, uh, because they became permanent, that that wasn't actually FDR's intention. So, so you know, Ronald Reagan had a had a view on FDR that if they just knew it and understood it and read a little bit about it, it's actually very very well documented. They wouldn't they wouldn't be calling this hypocrisy. They wouldn't be confused by it. It's actually not a contradiction at all. So it's just kind of a typical kind of a snooty, <laughs> snotty take from people who are like, oh, well, this is just Ronald Reagan. This is hypocrisy. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, Ronald Reagan admitted to being duped by, by, by communist front groups that, that were pretending to be progressive groups. So you know, Reagan was very open about where he had been um, misled, where he had gotten things wrong in the past. So it's not hypocrisy at all. It's part of it's part of the Reagan story, and these people don't understand that history, and that's their fault. Say, Paul, I'm out of time. I wish I had more time to talk to you about it, but I'm going to use uh, as far as the documentary on Showtime, one of my dad's favorite expressions, and I'll go with that. Don't fail to miss it. That's uh, that's that'll be my approach. <laughs> to the, so, right. uh, thanks for being on, Paul. I really appreciate. It. Have to, love to have you on again sometime. Anytime. Call me anytime. Thanks. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. 
U.S. hospitals slammed with COVID-19 patients are trying to lure nurses and doctors out of retirement. Recruiting students and new graduates who have yet to earn their licenses and offering eye-popping salaries in a desperate effort to ease staffing shortages. The number of U.S. patients in the hospital with the virus has more than doubled over the past month to a record high of nearly 100,000, pushing medical centers and healthcare workers to the breaking point. U.S. health officials say staying home for the upcoming holidays, that's the best way to stay safe and protect others. But for those who ignore the advice, COVID-19 testing before and after trips is an option many Americans did not follow. The CDC guidance over traveling uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. On Wall Street, stocks finishing mixed. The Dow gained 59 points. The Nasdaq down five. The S&P picked up six. This is SRN News. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Dan Proft just wants to talk about facts. 54% of Dallas 5th graders reached Mead's grade level threshold in math a year ago. 24% hit that mark this year. Reading scores lower in four of the six elementary and middle school grade levels as well. Derek Little, the Deputy Chief of Academics. The thought around the district was that learning loss would be bad, but I think we're facing the reality that our students came back from school closures in a very different place than they were in last March. Right. The Dan Proft Show. Weeknights at 9 at AM 1250. The answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us. While we all feel helpless, remember there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our family and friends, all of us. Simply get in the habit of wearing a mask and maintain six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you feel sick. It takes all of us to combat COVID-19. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Do you think all vitamin C's are the same? They're not. Ester C is a superior form of vitamin C. It's the only vitamin C with 24-hour immune support. And it lasts up to two times longer than regular vitamin C. So don't just settle for any vitamin C. Buy Ester C and support your immune health today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Watch for closures around Heinz Field because of the Steelers game. General Robinson Street between Art Rooney Avenue and Chuck Knoll Way. Also Art Rooney Avenue. A couple other closures there. Vehicle fire on Noblestown Road at Poplar Street. A structure fire to watch out for in Kennedy area Pine Hollow Road at 12th Street. Looking pretty decent, though, on the Parkway East and the Parkway West. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Tonight we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 25. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness. Tomorrow will reach a high of 43. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 34. Friday will wrap up the work week with a couple of rain or snow showers. Friday will see a high of 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, nobody has influenced my political views more than Walter Williams. Uh, He died today. Uh, He was an economics professor at George Mason University, a columnist and an author. Uh, You may remember him as a fill-in host for Rush Limbaugh for a long time. He was a black man who grew up in the Philadelphia Projects. And this interview that he did on C-SPAN a few years ago is a great example of his greatness and why I liked him so much. From your book, Liberty Versus the Tyranny of Socialism, you write, We often hear the claim that our nation is a democracy. That wasn't the vision of the founders. They saw democracy as another form of tyranny. If we've become a democracy, I guarantee you that the founders would be deeply disappointed by our betrayal of their vision. Yes, I think that's absolutely right. I th- if, you, if you read the statements by Madison, Jefferson, and, and Adams, they condemn the idea of democracy. Matter of fact, you don't find the term democracy in any of our founding documents. Uh, that is, you don't, find the word, you, you don't find the word democracy in the Declaration of Independence, you don't find the word democracy anywhere in the United States Constitution, and and if you and and if the listeners want further conveni- uh, 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 convincing of this, when we when we talk about uh, when we pledge allegiance to the flag, is it to the democracy for which it stands, or the republic, or or the song during the uh, the War of eighteen sixty one? It was the battle hymn of the uh, democracy or the battle hymn of the republic. Now. The founders thought that the idea of majority rule was a uh, was a form of tyranny, and um, and if you look at the Constitution, if you read the the uh, Constitution represents our rules of the game, it's a very uh, it's an anti-majoritarian uh, document. That is, uh, the president is not elected by a majority vote. Uh, the uh, the uh, um, the president can veto. The wishes of 535 people of Congress, and it takes two thirds to override his veto. So there are many anti-majoritarian aspects of the United States Constitution, which represents our rules of the game. Any politician who would uh, rigorously live up to his oath of office to uphold and defend the United States Constitution, uh, he he just would not get elected uh, to office by the American people, because what politicians reflect, they reflect the values and views of the American people, that is, those who will elect them to office. Now, some people might say, well, gee, Williams, that's, that's a little bit strong. Well, look, we just might ask ourselves, uh, uh, what would happen to politician who had the vision of, let's say, James Madison, the acknowledged father of the United States Constitution? And in 1794, Congress appropriated $15,000 to help some French refugees. And James Madison stood on the floor of the House irate, and he said, and I'm virtually quoting him, he says, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article in the Constitution that authorizes Congress to spend the money of their constituents for the purposes of benevolence. Now, if you look at the federal budget, two-thirds or three-quarters of it is for the purposes of benevolence. Now, you say, ask yourself, what would the American people do to a politician to, or to anybody running for office who would make a statement like Madison did or make another statement. Madison, Madison said, also said, he said that charity is not a legitimate function of government. Now, can you imagine what the American people would do to a politician who said that? And so what I'm saying is that, is that politicians are reflecting the the values and views of the people who elect them to office, and unfortunately, uh, uh, the values and views of most Americans are are, are uh, distinct from those of the founders of our nation. So, Walter Williams, has the Tea Party movement been a positive in your view in American politics? 
Well, I think I think so. It has been a it's been a movement or it's been a group of people who are saying, well, look, let's go back to the Constitution. Let's have constitutional principles. But whether they'll they'll be successful or not uh, is another matter. And and keep in mind that, you know, if you look at the founders of our nation, they wanted very, very limited government. If you read uh, in uh, uh, Madison's in uh, in Federalist paper, I think it's 45 or 48. And when he was trying to describe to the citizens of New York what was in the Constitution to kind of get the uh, citizens of New York to ratify the Constitution, he said that the powers that we delegated to the federal government are few and well-defined and restricted mostly to external affairs. Those left with the people and the states are indefinite and numerous. Now, if you turn that upside down, you'd have what we have today. That is, the powers of the federal government are indefinite and numerous, and those of the people in the state are, are, are limited and well-defined. In your book, Liberty Versus the Tyranny of Socialism, you quote Tom Paine, Government, even in its best state, is but a necessary evil in its worst state and intolerable. That is absolutely right. And I think that, that we Americans should realize, recognize that the history of mankind has been that of arbitrary abuse and control by others. The, the founders were not, were not perfect, but they tried to move us away from that. And the, the main enemy, the main enemy of mankind throughout its history has been government. Uh, that is, if you look at the, uh, at the, 19th, at the uh, 20th century, it's the most brutal century in the history of mankind. I think that uh, something like 60 million people lost their lives in wartime, but that pales in comparison to the number of people who were murdered by their own government. And the number comes up to somewhere close to 100 million people are murdered by their own government. And matter of fact, the, these statistics are documented in a book called Death by uh, Government. And so it shows that it's it's a strong argument that uh, that government is the enemy of mankind. The Matter of fact, the framers of our Constitution recognize that. Just look at the language of the Bill of Rights. It says things like, Congress shall not abridge, Congress shall not prohibit, Congress shall not disparage, Congress shall not infringe. Now, if the framers did not think that Congress would do these things, why in the world would they put them in? Why would they put that down in the, in the, in the Constitution? And I've suggested to people that when we die, and if at our next destination we see anything like a Bill of Rights, we know that we're in hell. Because a Bill of Rights uh, in heaven would be an affront to God. It would be saying, well, we can't trust God, you know. And so the, the framers recognized that, that the enemy of mankind was government, but they recognized that we do need some government. And as, as Thomas Paine was uh, uh, pointing out, that uh, the government under uh, government is under the best of conditions of the necessary evil. And matter of fact, the, the whole Second Amendment argument of, about guns, the the right to keep and bear arms. Most Americans think that the framers gave that gave gave us the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, uh, wanted to protect our right to keep and bear arms. They 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 think that it was for deer and duck hunting, but the framers actually come out and say to allow Americans to have some kind of defense against abuse of government. And people like Hamilton said things like to allow the American people to protect themselves against their representatives if they are betrayed by their representatives. And who in the world are their representatives? It's the United States Congress. So I think that, I think that the framers held a great distrust for government that Americans today, I think, I think we love government. That is, the average American loves government, and the reason why the average American loves government is because government can do those things for them that if they did the same thing privately, they would go to jail. That is, government can take my money and give it to you, but if you uh, came up to me with a gun and took my money, you would go to jail. But if you go to Congress and ask them, would you take William's money and give it to me? Well, you know, you, you don't go to jail, but you have my money. I have a very low tolerance for the, uh, the TSA people. Uh, I think this was a number of years ago, but one time I was traveling, 
and I had carry-on uh, luggage, and uh, and in my carry-on luggage, I had an eyeglass repair kit. And uh, th this uh, TSA person told me I could take the screws, but I could not take the screwdriver. And I said, that's stupid as hell. I said, who ever heard of somebody hijacking an airplane with an eyeglass, screw uh, uh, eyeglass uh, screwdriver? And so he said, wait here. And so his uh, superintendent came up, and the superintendent uh, asked me, and I repeated myself. He said, it's on the list. Either leave it here or you, or you don't get on the plane. And so... Uh, I would not have gotten on the plane, but the people that invited me had set up a banquet and things like that, and it would have been pretty uh, awful if I hadn't shown up. But but I just uh, shown up. But I, I I just don't travel commercially anymore, and and uh, and now I I just travel on the private plane. If people want to uh, have me uh, to give a talk, and it's a very costly proposition, I I I just will go by a private plane. I just won't deal with the TSA because I'm too old to go to jail, and I'm not as compliant as most of my fellow Americans. Yeah, one thing he was not was compliant, and uh, he uh, just like me, I don't fly privately because I don't have friends who are going to fly me anywhere and pay for it on a private plane. But I haven't been on a plane in ten years for the exact reason he mentioned right there. I can't put up with the stupidity at the airports. Can't do it. I just can't go through it, and there's no place I want to go badly enough that I'm going to go through it. Anything, uh, anyway, here is uh, Walter Williams again now, speaking to the Heritage Foundation on another one of my favorite subjects, taxes. This is on the subject of when a tax is immoral. Now, um, while I'm against taking one person's money and giving it to another, I'm not against helping our fellow man in need. I think that by reaching into one's own pockets to help one's fellow man in need is praiseworthy and laudable. I think that reaching in somebody else's pockets to help one's fellow man in need is despicable and worthy of condemnation. And, uh, and for the Christians among us, when God gave Moses the commandment, thou shalt not steal, I'm pretty sure he did not mean thou shalt not steal unless you got a majority vote in the United States Congress. <laughs> now, we find many Americans, they love government because government does things that if a private person did the identical thing, he would go to jail. <laughs> uh, consider the following. Suppose I... So as I see an elderly lady sleeping on a grate in downtown Washington, she's hungry, she needs some medical attention, and shelter. And I could walk up to somebody with a gun in my hand, and I could take, like, I could take their $200. And then, having gotten their $200, I can go down and help the lady out. I could buy her some medical attention, some food, and shelter. Would you find me guilty of a crime? I'd be guilty of theft. Suppose I got three people to agree with me that I should take somebody's money by force to help the lady out. Would that be a crime? What if I got a million people? Or 300 million people, the population of the United States? Would it be a crime? Yes, it would. Now, I believe most Americans could or might agree with me, but here's the problem. Is there any conceptual distinction between that act and when the agents of the United States Congress tells me, well, Walter, you know that $200 that you made last week that you planned to buy a nice bottle of Lafitte Rothschild Bordeaux wine with? You will not do that with, it, with your money. You'll give to us, and we will go downtown and help the lady out. Is there any distinction between those two acts? None. That is, if you press me for a distinction, the only distinction I can find is the first act where I walked to somebody and took their money, that is illegal theft. The second act where the agents of Congress took it, took my money, that's just legal theft. It's just a matter of legality. Now, Many people might say, well, Williams, it's legal. Well, le for moral people, legality alone cannot be our guide. 
That is, there are many things in this world that were or are legal, but clearly immoral. That is, slavery was legal. Did that make it moral? The Stalinist, Maoist, Purges, they were legal, but did they make it moral? So the moral question that we have to ask ourselves, is there a moral case for taking what belongs to the, the rightful property of one person and giving it to another to whom it does not belong? And in my many years of life, I have not come up with a moral case for doing that. So that's uh, my man, Walter Williams. Sorry to hear about his death, uh, 84 years old. Um, you know, when people like him uh, as uh, people who you respect and people who have made the kind of mark that he's made die, uh, you always hear well, he can't be replaced, and sometimes that's not true. Uh, but with him, there just is nobody like him. Um, the fact that he was such a... Uh, uh, strong proponent of small government and liberty, and um, and and the fact that he was the, the, where he came from, as a uh, as a uh, black man who grew up in the projects of Philadelphia. He talked a lot of, a lot about. Obviously, he was eighty four years old, so when he was a little kid, it was a long time ago. But he talked about how uh, in the in the city and the area where he lived in Philadelphia, people would sleep on their porch because uh, nobody had air conditioning, people would sleep on their porch in the summertime. And he he would say, can you imagine doing that now? And uh, he, he always made arguments about how uh, it's so wrong and un, uh, counterproductive to blame the problems that black people have on slavery. And he had lots of examples of how uh, blacks had overcome so much of what slavery had done to them and that that was reversed by government welfare programs and, uh, you know, the, the war on poverty. And he had plenty of evidence of all that stuff. And, of course, he was called an Uncle Tom by lots of uh, uh, black people, but uh, he was a, uh, a genius is what he was and uh, unbelievably smart, one of the smartest men in America. And uh, now that he's died, I'm sorry to say Mer uh, America is just a little bit dumber. We'll be right back. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but nah, their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Full Stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak. Available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or SalemCareerHub.com. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. 
You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape. Made in the USA. For a limited time, Mike is offering his premium My Pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a standard Queen Premium My Pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. Originally sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard Queen Premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Yeah, here's a story as we're going out here, something to keep your eye on. Uh, Nike, uh, we've talked about it here. They uh, they sell gear, clothing, you know, shoes, uniforms worn by, uh, for, for sure, the NBA. I know about other leagues um, that are produced by slaves, not slave labor as in, you know, people in uh, South America and places like that and in the Far East where they... Uh, work for $2 a day. We're talking about slaves. They're, they work for nothing, and they live in compounds surrounded by barbed wire. Well, Nike and also uh, Coca-Cola and Apple have been lobbying to weaken the bill that's aimed at preventing American companies from um, importing products made in these labor camps. And uh, those camps, uh, are uh, they're, they're occupied by as many as 1 million Uyghurs, that's a persecuted ethnically uh, Muslim minority, and they're still out there. Nike, Coca-Cola, and Apple. Nike, with Colin Kaepernick running around uh, as their spokesman and being their uh, face of their product, who's Mr. Um, Freedom and uh, and uh, anti-oppression. Uh, he is out there selling a product, helping to sell a product made by slaves, and the company he works for, Nike is fighting against a law that would prevent American companies from importing those products. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. I'm out of time now. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you later. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.